Yeah, I've got an um, interesting subject today. So Tom kind of alluded, let the cat out of the bag a little bit there, Tom. It's all right. Um, so normally you start with like a passage from the Bible or a few verses just to get us in the right sort of frame of thinking. But um, I'm going to start off a little bit different this morning. I'm going to talk about my pond. Yeah, so much excitement in the room when I say that. So this is my pond. All right. Um, I built it in 2020. When I was on furlough, so like a lot of us in 2020, COVID hit. I ended up being stuck at home for a while, um, and I built that. Um, if you're wondering why it's, why it's a perfect circle, it's because there used to be a trampoline built into the ground there, um, and then kids grew up, didn't use it, so I turned it into a pond. Um, it's got a waterfall as well. Actually, that's the wrong one. Stay on the Don't move it, I say. You ruin it. One back. Thank you. Leave it like that. I was I can't see the waterfall. So there's a little waterfall there. That's actually a railway sleeper. I carved it out by hand. It took me hours and hours, days and days. I did it with a mallet and chisel. Um, there's a pump that circulates the water. There's literally a metric ton of stone in the bottom of it. Um, I carried it all from the front of my house through to the back garden by hand in buckets um, because the good driver dumped it in the wrong place. Um, there's irises. There's uh, marsh marigolds in there as well. Um, and pond lilies. And there's even a frog ramp. You can't see it though. It's just to the left behind the, the yellow irises. There's even a frog ramp so frogs can get in and out. Not that I've got any frogs. But anyway, well, as you've noticed, because we moved on too quick, my pond doesn't look like that anymore. It looks like this. Oh, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? This is three years later, of course. Um, the irises have grown huge. There's no way I'm going to get them out now. They've grown through the rocks and everything, so they're going to they're there forever, basically. Um, when it flowers, it looks amazing, but after it flowers and they start dying back, falling over, which is what they do. Um, the lovely stones that took so much effort to put in are almost invisible under algae and blanket weed and other things. The, the pond lilies are sort of expanded out onto the pond as well. Um, but yeah, not looking quite as it once was. And the bane of it is blanket weed everywhere. And I spent, well, an hour every few weeks taking loads of it out. Um, but it's too established now. I can't get rid of it. And the water's turned green as well. So it's no longer crystal clear. It's all green. So what do you think of it? Is it better? Not better. It's worse. It's ugly. What have I done? Um, it doesn't always look quite that bad. It's been neglected the last few weeks, but um, it is messy, though, isn't it? All right, a couple, of, few thoughts in the room. But what if I was to tell you something amazing has happened in that pond? What if I was to tell you? And the kids all in, by the way, all the way out the back. The kids might want to see this. They can go and play with their toys again afterwards. I'll wait for a moment. <laughs> Just going to be rude after, are you, Thomas? <laughs> Just talk among yourselves for a moment while we wait for the children to come back. Yeah, there's um, there's about two two flowers currently at the moment, actually. Um, I just can't quite see them in that photo, but there are we are having flowers, yeah. Right, so this is my pond, kids. 
This is my pond at home. Some of you have seen this anyway. Um, but something amazing has happened in my pond. What if I was to tell you that I've got dragons in my pond? I do. Would you believe me if I said I had dragons in my pond? Dave does. Well, it's true. They're living in there. Mostly you can't see them because of all the mess. Um, but that's what they like. But I've got dragons. So the next slide. So that's a great, what they call a great crested newt or a water dragon, as it's sometimes known as. It's got a really frilly tail as well. And they grow to about four, four or five inches long. Um, and I've got loads of them living in my pond. I have the other two species of newt as well, but that's the most impressive one. That's a male. The females look a bit boring, but the males are got all the colour because they have to attract the females. Um, but they live in my pond. And there's lots of other life too. In fact, I've also not just got dragons, I've got monsters as well. Do you want to see a monster? Go on, next slide. Scary. That's a dra dragonfly nymph. And I've got lots of different varieties of those in the pond as well. Some are small ones. Some are really big ones. Um, and they're like, they're like sharks of a pond, basically. They eat anything. Anything comes within reach, they grab it and they eat it. Um, they eat little tiny fish and all sorts. Um, nom, nom, nom. I don't know if they make that noise, but they might do. Um, but there's lots of other stuff as well. I've got snails, got water fleas, got pond skaters, got water beetles. I haven't got pictures of all these, by the way. I even saw a water spider once. Um, spiders that live under the water. In fact, I bought some of my pond today, so you can have a look. So this morning I went out. This doesn't look very exciting. But if you want to come and have a look, there's a baby newt in there swimming around. And at the bottom, the newt's still alive. That's good. Because there's also a dragonfly nymph in there as well. And a dragonfly nymph would know nothing better than to eat the, the baby newt. You can leave the pond on the screen if you like. Can you see it in there? Can you see it swimming around? Yeah, the, the, yeah, there's snails in there as well. There's some water fleas in there. But anyway, I best crack on. I'll be here all day otherwise. But feel free to have a look. Adults, do you want to come and have a look? You're very welcome as well. So although my pond might not look very tidy, it's actually literally teeming with life. It's full of life, that pond. And it's all happened completely naturally. Um, it's the perfect environment for them. The newts need to blanket weed. So even though I don't like the look of it, the newts need it because they lay their eggs in it. Um, so without blanket weed, there'd be no baby newts. And the dragonflies need the irises. So when they're ready to hatch out into dragonflies, they climb up the, the irises and they literally crawl out of their exoskeleton and become dragonflies. And the algae is food for lots of other creatures as well. So why am I talking about my pond? I think I've lost the kids now, haven't they? We'll leave it there. I'll be there all morning so you can keep looking at that. But my pond is, is an image of what's living, what living in and what being a community is like. That's what I want to talk about today. 
like our pond, our community is made out of lots of different parts and elements, which when, when put together right, can create the perfect environment for a huge variety of life. I wonder if we can put up, can we put up 1 Corinthians 12 on the screen, please? If you have it there, 1 Corinthians 12. Thank you. This is a fairly well-known passage. A lot of you will know this. I'll just read it out. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, and so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made out of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body, would it? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body either. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, sorry, that's really slightly wrong. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have, equal, should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part should suffer. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you, us, are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen, indeed. What an amazing image of the body of Christ. But that's the church. It's talking about the church. We are part of that church. This community is part of that church. One where every part should be valued. Where every person is not just here, but needed. Where we've become so in tune with each other, so in tune with each other that when someone is suffering, we should feel it too. And we walk through it together. And we should be a community that celebrates together as well. Christ is, our Saviour is the head, of course, over all that we do and try to be, because our endeavour is and should be to honour him first and foremost. Amen? I wanted to start with the description of the pond, because God told me to, first of all. Um, but I think it highlights what happens when all the necessary parts are put together really well life literally flourishes. There are lots of component parts to the pond. There's the plants, there's the stones, there's a the liner. But they're just parts, but when you put it together, it creates the opportunity for life. 
Just as when Christ is the head of us as the church, then life will flourish as well. We have an excellent example, don't we, in the first church in Acts 2. I won't read all of it, um, but how amazing life comes because the body of Christ functions as it should. Um, I'll, read, I'll read the excerpts of, of Acts 2, um, so I'll be jumping. It says, They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Day by day, they attended the temple together, breaking bread in their homes with glad and generous hearts. And at the end, it says, and the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. So because they were doing the body as they should, they were together, they were looking after each other. It talks about them being generous with their stuff, with their, their things, their possessions as well. They were selling stuff to look after each other. Because they were doing all those things, life was able to flourish. The result of living as the body of Christ in union is new life. Some of us went to a leaders weekend a couple of weeks ago. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. It was very good. I think it's fair to say that we all came away a bit inspired and perhaps a bit challenged as well. I think I could say that. As a leadership, or not just Rochester community, but as, as a whole church, we want to see communities that have the full flavour of God's creation within them, in perfect harmony together, a place that has a room for every age, for every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And that's our Father's heart as well, isn't it? We can read about it in Revelation 7. It talks about every tribe and tongue standing before the throne of God. That's God's desire. It's a beautiful image of what we are, and we must continue to strive towards that. A couple of the sessions at the Leaders Weekend was delivered by a guy called Mike Betts. Some of you will know him. He actually leads the, the group of churches that we're a part of, or one of the main leaders of. And he actually spoke a word over a Rochester community, which is amazing, by the way. And it's become my prayer since, and I hope it will for all of us, but I'll put, put it on the screen for us. Next slide, I think it's on. There you go. Rochester is going to be a birthing pool for new life. Messy, like my pond. But in a good way, the godless coming to hear who don't know anything about the gospel. That's what God wants for our community. He wants to see new life. And it might be a bit messy, but that's not a bad thing. In fact, that's a good thing. Because it creates the environment, like my pond, where new life can come, people can come and see the fellowship that we have here together. So how do we be... How can't get my words out today? How do we become a pond that's full of flourishing life? How do we do that? Well, Paul actually gives us the answer in the very next chapter in one Corinthians. So we just read a bit from Corinthians twelve. In chapter thirteen, he talks about a thing called does anyone know? Love. He talks about love. And he talks about without without love. Everything is nothing. All our gifts, all the talents, all the qualities that we think we have, if they're not used with love, then they are nothing and they gain us nothing. Our gifts and our talents are wasted, essentially. I wanted to honour one of our, our members this morning. Um, although I can't see him. Is he hiding? 
Firstly, because he's worthy of honour. Secondly, because I think he's the next example to all of us. He willingly serves us, all of us, just about every week. He won't stop. He just loves doing it. And I'll try to get him to organise rotors so he can have some Sundays off. But he'd rather be serving when he's available. He knows what I'm talking about. That man is Femi. Can you stand up, mate, mate? I know it embarrasses you, and this is not your favourite thing, but it's necessary, my friend. You're a tremendous example to all of us. And you serve us so well, you serve this community, and you love this community in your servanthood. And may God continue to bless you as we honour you this morning. If you want another example, one that's even greater than Femi, I always put hashtag BMarkFemi on my notes this morning, by the way. Not that Twitter's really a thing anymore, is it? But um, We can go to John 13, verse 34 and 35. This is really well known. A new command I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Well, what two verses they are. Two very short verses, but Jesus uses the word love four times. He's really emphasizing the point about love and love for one another. And love is an action word. And Femi has shown us how we do that, in part at least. It's an action word. There was a famous country singer, I think he's dead now, I don't know, um, I can't thank country music myself, but my dad used to listen to this guy called Don Francisco. Anyone know, anyone know him? He was an American country singer. Um, but he wrote some great lyric, lyrical songs, um, just not in a style that I like. But one of the, his songs that he did was the lines where love is not a feeling, it's an act of the will. All right, It's not about how we feel inside, it's about what we do with our actions. And Christ is an amazing example of that for us, isn't he not? He gave everything for us. He didn't say, I love you. He acted it out. He still acts it out. He died for our sins. We're going to do communion in a little while. And he rose again on the third day. That we might know him and be called sons and daughters today. That's amazing, isn't it? He didn't just say, I love you. He acted it out. And he still acts it out today. He shows us. He loves us by how he, how he is with us. Now, I'm not asking anyone to die this morning. Um, don't worry. I don't think it's necessary. Um, maybe with the bring and share lunch, who knows, with the quality of the food, who knows. But, um, but what I'm saying, love for each other should involve action. And actually, it should involve sacrifice as well. Um, Jesus is a great example of that. I appreciate this has been quite a short message today, but I'm hoping that the image of the pond, we can put the pond back up if you like, reminds us of what we're supposed to be, what we need to learn to be and continue to be and move into more. Is that we should be a community that loves each other in the way that is action-filled and full of sacrifice. Not that we die for each other, 
but we die to ourselves. So we're going to head into Western communion in a short while. But can I ask, how is your love action and sacrifice looking at the moment as a little challenge to you? What does it look like? Who are you reaching out to to do life with in the community on a regular basis? Or are you just coming on on a Sunday morning? Could you get more involved with one of our grow groups, perhaps? Have you even thought about that? Grow groups, for those that are perhaps new among us, are our sort of small group, life group type things, and um, where we meet to pray, do worship, and study the word together, and drink tea, of course. How is your serving on a Sunday and beyond? Are you looking out for the needs of others? Are you turning up like Femi is every week um, to make us fresh coffee? I mean, I need fresh coffee in the morning. I don't function without it. Um, so it's great to know I can come to church and there's always going to be fresh coffee. Not that we all do that, but speaking practically, we are short of servers in the community at the moment in certain areas. We're not serving our kids, for example, as well as we'd like to. They're in a lot because we don't have enough people serving our children. So they're alone with us, which is a good thing, by the way. Intergenerational, we're trying to be that. But it'd be nice if they could go out a little bit more often to have some children-focused teaching. And as great as Femi is, and he is amazing, it'd be great to have more people helping him on the team. He was all turned up himself because he can't help himself. But it'd be great to have more people helping with set up hospitality on a Sunday morning. I'm going to be really audacious this morning, and I've got a sign-up sheet, um, and I'm going to pass it around, if that's all right. There's no pressure to. You can literally pass it by. I'll pass it to you. I'll grab a pen as well. But if you're not, and you think, I'd like to do something, then um, just write your name down. Or come and chat to me after, and we can we can figure out where you fit um, and what you'd like to do. I've got a second sheet as well. So church life isn't just about doing jobs; it's about growing together. So all that life that's growing in the pond, it all functions together. The small things eat the bigger things, or the other way around. Um, everything's there for something else. We have grow groups, so we have Wednesday group which Joseph and Izzy lead in the evening. We have a daytime group with Angela, she's not here today, um, that runs on a Tuesday during the day. And we even have an online version for those that can't get out of their homes, also on a Wednesday evening at Wano Leads. But we realise that some people, that those times are a bit difficult. Um, they don't work either for young kids, because young kids at home, you can't get out, um, or for work patterns, that sort of thing. So one thing we want to look to do probably starting in September, is something called DNA Groups, which we've had as a church before. It stands for Discipleship, Nurture, and Accountability. And they're essentially same-sex groups of three, maybe four people um, that would meet regularly just in their little groups, um, just to do life together, to do fellowship, to ask each other how, how well they're doing, but also to keep each other accountable to how we're, we're going with God as well, and to encourage, encourage each other on the journey. So I have another sign-up sheet, which I'll also pass down. 
if you're interested in being part of one, can you just write down your name? Again, there's no, we're not forcing anyone to do anything. It's all by choice. But these are the sort of things that help us be the community that we want to be. Um, if we're going in God together, that strengthens us, doesn't it not? Just as um, when people pray out on a Sunday morning and we sing songs over each other, that strengthens us, doesn't it? There are lots of ways we can do that. And we can do it intentionally as well. So if you're interested in being part of one, just write your name down and we'll get in touch with you. And on that same sheet, it says roughly when you're available, if you're available at weekends or evenings or daytime, whatever works for you. And we'll try and put people that kind of can meet at the same sort of times. If there's specific people we really want to go with, write their names down too. So I really want to go with so-and-so. But we want to look after each other even better than we are now. That's what we're looking to do. So if you're interested in doing that, then we'll look to put them together for the autumn, hopefully, once we've seen who wants to be involved. And that's it for me today. It's a short one today for me. I want to keep it really simple because it's all about love, actually, isn't it, as the film says. Um, that wasn't even supposed to be a quote, but that's the pond we want to create. So the one before, if we can go back to the first pond, Deborah, please, can we go back to the first pond? That looks great, doesn't it? But there's no life in it. There's very little life in that at all. It looks fantastic. And we can put on a perfectly functioning Sunday morning. But actually, does that create what the level of life that we want to see? Is life flourishing in that environment? Or do we want it to look like the next one where the pond's a complete mess, but actually it's full of life, life and abundance, and lots of different elements. Lots of different creatures that are all working in harmony together. It's been amazing to see what God's created amongst us over the last couple of years. We're almost two years old as a community now. It's amazing to look around and see how we've grown, not in numbers, just in, in variety and the beautiful tapestry of creation that God has made. And we'd love to keep going with that. Um, so we're just trying to put things in place that help us to do that. But if you take nothing else away today, then think, how can I love someone in our community a bit better? What can I do to be more part of it?